What'd you think about the Celine Dion song? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, the open. Yeah, they didn't laugh at that. The the James Bond homage thing. I thought that was really funny, and no one laughed in my theater. I mean, they did that in the last movie, the credits where. Well, yeah, but it wasn't like the super stylized like Albert Broccoli presents. I I thought the one they did here was really funny. I also enjoyed the uh, holy shit balls in the uh, the climax. Did you guys get this yeah. one? Yeah. I don't think my audience understood. That they are doing that. But. Yeah, I don't think they did. I, I, it took because someone told me about it beforehand. So, welcome to Fresh Films. We're a podcast devoted to reviewing new films that have come out in Evanston. I'm Marco Harlano. I'm Marcus Galliano. And I'm Elliot Kronzberg. Today, we're going to be reviewing the newest superhero film, Deadpool Two, from Fox. One of their last films before they get into a merger. So. This film is the sequel to Deadpool, which was the highest grossing R-rated film of all time. Is it still that? What would have surpassed it in the last it. years? Wait, no, I don't think it did. No, because they made a joke about that in the movie where it's like, only passion beat us domestically, but internationally we got him. And it got a lot of attention for being a very crude comedic send-up of superhero films at a time when there's so much of them. So Deadpool 2 comes out, and it has the mantra basically, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. It's still a lot of meta jokes, a lot of crude sexual humor, kind of a similar, let's not take this too seriously aesthetic as well. This film was directed by David Leach. So he is one of the directors of the first John Wick movie and Atomic Blonde. So he's known for these cool action set pieces and this is his biggest film today and they do reference the fact that he was one of the directors of john wick in the opening kind of in a very sick way it wasn't that sick it's funny i don't know people really care about dogs it's not, it's not like, like it was a cat or a snake or a rabbit or a lizard or a person so this film is about Deadpool who has hit a emotional low point because of events. His wife gets capped in the first 10 minutes and they telegraph it a lot so it's not a spoiler. So Deadpool, he's doing great at the whole bounty hunter mercenary business. He's killing a lot of bad guys. He's got uh, this loving relationship with his wife and they're thinking about having a kid and then she dies and he tries to kill himself, but of course he's Deadpool and he can't die because of his crazy healing factor. And so instead he kind of joins the X-Men for a sec. As a trainee. And in his first mission he meets this kid and through a long convoluted chain of events they end up in prison and... This time-traveling mutant named Cable comes to kill the kid, and Deadpool has to stop Cable from killing the kid and also rescue the kid from going down a dark path. It's like Looper. Remember Looper? It's like Looper. So, the kid is played by Julian Dennison. He was in Hunt for the Wilder People, directed by Taika Waititi, who 
directed Thor Ragnarok, and Cable is played by Josh Brolin, who, of course, was just Thanos. And then, of course, Deadpool is played by Ryan Reynolds, most famous for being Green Lantern in the 2011 Green Lantern film. The other major-ish character in the film, in my opinion, is a relative newcomer. Her name is Domino, and her superpower is that she's very lucky. And they make fun of that in the film, because how do you visualize luck as a power? They end up with a really cool sequence of her being lucky and managing to... Cause a chain of events that leads to a lot of, like, mayhem and destruction. But never is inflicted upon her to where she's ever in peril. Like, she'll just be striding through traffic, none of the cars hit her. Maybe a car hits a pole, and then that, like, stops a convoy that she's trying to hunt down. And she's played by Zazie Beetz from Atlanta. So, when you go into this film, you don't really watch it for the plot. You want to see a bunch of jokes. You want to see the humor. Maybe a cool action scene or two. You want to have a good time with this film, and humor is subjective, but I think it's entertaining. I won't say that any of the jokes are the funniest, most original jokes you'll ever see in a film, but they do a good job making fun of superhero movies, of making meta jokes at easy targets, and they keep a good jokey rhythm so that you're having a good time. They also get a lot of mileage out of making fun of how self-serious Cable is. You'd be self-serious too if you watched the little bastard with fire hands kill your whole family. I've been watching clips from the original Deadpool, just like a couple of the more memorable scenes I remember. The plot was definitely weaker, and there were fewer emotional moments in the film, but it was sort of as if their scarcity and just their punctual nature made them more biting and it endeared itself more to an audience. This film, it takes too much time with the emotional stuff. Like, we didn't come here for that. We came to watch Deadpool be a jackass and make us laugh. It's just kind of the way the emotional beats worked in the first one. It's sort of as if he makes you laugh because he says all these asinine things, but when you see him like break down or have an emotional moment it's sort of like a tears of the clown kind of thing but in this one like the emotional stuff just goes on and on and on and it's very formulaic i've seen that done better elsewhere and they just drag it on too long and it becomes tiresome yeah i think that especially at the first act it's a lot more of them trying to set up Deadpool's character arc and his emotional state at the expense of jokes and action. In theory, that's what you should do with a film, but the first one is just so much more entertaining because they don't dawdle with things of that nature. A lot of the time with the emotional moments, I was waiting for the joke. I yeah, me too. It would end in, in some joke, and a, then it was just like a somber moment. A great example of that is at the end where Deadpool just won't die, even though he should be. I was half expecting, in like the second or third time he does the fake out, for Cable to just say, okay, fuck this, and he just takes that collar off and saves him. And by the way, isn't all the emotional stuff invalidated in the post-credits scene anyway? Exactly. Yeah, like, so it's especially feels futile because it's almost as if, why was that even there if it doesn't mean shit anymore? Because 
You saved everybody. That does bring me to the post credit scene, which is probably the greatest post credit scene in the history of film, as far as I can tell. It is fantastic. That's what all the promotional material said. And I was waiting till the end, and I was like, that's it? I mean, the first Deadpool movie had an after credit scene where it was Deadpool as Ferris Bueller. And I was like, oh, that's clever because Ferris Bueller, it's like the greatest post credit scene up till that moment and probably for a while afterwards. It kind of invented the inventive post credit scene. They do something very inventive with it here and it's very funny. I don't think it's as inventive as Ferris Bueller or the first Deadpool spoofing Ferris Bueller. So while there is this unevenness, especially in the first part where the tone goes a little too much into the mopey, emotional, serious side, I think they got better for the third act because Julian Dennison and Ryan Reynolds play off well against each other and those beats are centered around them more than with Marina Bakarin and Ryan Reynolds. Partially because... I think the emotional beats in the beginning are a lot more forced and are there to set the plot up more so than to happen organically. It feels telegraphed. I think it rebounds in the second and third parts when they do focus more on the humor and on setting up critiques of the superhero films. So he has his team, the X-Force. He builds them up and it has a really funny payoff. Oh, that was fucking gold. I mean, I I was just laughing at the fact that he came up with the X-Force name because he's like... I was always been disgusted by the sexism of the... We're like the X-Men, but gender neutral. He calls Cable a racist. Cable is a racist thing. It's like one of my favorite recurring jokes. I'm all out of love. I'm so lost without you. I know you were right. Believing for so Alright, so do we want to move on to our final thoughts? Marco, uh, you can start if you would like. I watched Deadpool 2 after a pretty shitty week, in all honesty, and I think that it was the sort of fun, inconsequential movie that's nice to watch after you've had some stress in your life. It's enjoyable, there are jokes that are funny, everyone knows how to amp up the weirdness and the humor of the scenarios. It's not a very evenly paced film. It gets a little slow at the beginning. I don't think the action scenes are quite as memorable this time around. And you're not going to really get anything new if you've seen the first Deadpool film. But I think the quality holds up for a sequel. It's not as good and as special as the first Deadpool, but still funny. I'd recommend it. All right. Marcus, what do you think? I sort of feel as if all the aspects that make the first Deadpool good, the comedy, the action, the occasional emotional moment, I feel as if with all those, it's a slight downgrade from the first, but still good enough to be enjoyed and worth your time. I'd say go out and see it. It's fun. All right, I guess it's my turn now. 
I enjoyed the film quite a bit. I don't know if it lives up to the first one in terms of the action or the humor. It is a lot more emotional, but I think it brings three really good supporting players to the film. Cable, Fire Fist, and Domino. And I especially enjoyed Julian Dennison and Zazie Beetz as Fire Fist and Domino, respectively. I really hope that they come back in later films, whether that's Deadpool 3 or X-Force or whatever iteration this becomes. Overall, it's a funny film. There are some good jokes, some good references. If you liked the first one, I think you owe it to yourself to see what these guys have gotten up to. So this has been Fresh Films from NBN Audio. You can catch us online in the audio section of northbynorthwestern.com or on Apple Podcasts. If you liked this episode, go ahead and subscribe. This has been Elliot Kronsberg. Marcus Galliano. Marco Carlano. See ya. If I could turn back time. If I could find-